<laughs> I never know when. I tried to say, soak in the last note. All right, let's go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians 2 and verse number 20. Tonight, the message is entitled, Crucified with Christ. One of the greatest things in the Bible is to get um, the understanding uh, of doctrine that you might not know before. So Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says very clearly here that we are crucified with Christ. We're going to try to um, just expound on that a little bit tonight. I think it's a great encouragement to know that deep, deep spiritual uh, truths sometimes are not always um, uh, revealed to us uh, like we'd like. We don't understand the Bible as deep as we'd like to, but uh, sometimes you just have to believe what God says and uh, let, it, let it be that, that it's true, even though we don't understand it all. Uh, that, that's a good way to be. If Jesus said it, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, but he leaves it there for us to dig into. And uh, he knows the human mind. He created the human mind. He knows our human spirits. He knows what we need. And tonight I want to uh, give you a, a little bit of doctrine tonight that's really, really deep. And I think it'll just feed us and feed our hearts tonight that if you get these verses and pay close attention, I think it'll be a blessing. So let's go down to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and we'll pray uh, after we read the scripture. And then I want to speak to you on that subject of being crucified with Christ. Verse 20 says, of course, Paul was speaking to the Galatians and he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight and help these scriptures to lodge deep within our hearts, engrave them on our souls, and help us to uh, be fed tonight from this wonderful doctrine, Lord. Please help us and help me as I preach and help us as we listen. And give us a great weekend. Bless the offering we're going to be taking Sunday. And bless the Lord's Supper. And Father, bless our church. And give us visitors and help those that are not feeling well. Uh, maybe even out of town. Lord, bless those tonight that aren't with us. We pray the Holy Spirit would bond us together. And give us a, a huge blessing of fellowship. And uh, spiritual, uh, uh, spiritual strength tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now. In verse number 20, you have this uh, phrase that Paul said he was crucified with Christ. That's a very deep uh, uh, mystery, isn't it? Paul was not there. Uh, he hadn't even been saved yet. Is that right? When Jesus died on the cross, it is true that Paul was trying to be a Pharisee. Now, God saved him on the road to Damascus. And he was baptized in the church at Damascus and he was discipled there in the desert city of Damascus. And he escaped Damascus. They sent for him to try to uh, uh, kill him or arrest him. A whole garrison came up and he escaped. The, the brothers uh, let him down through a window in a basket. Uh, he was the first basket case in the Bible. <laughs> but uh, he is... He, he is a man of deep doctrine. God showed him so much. He taught him. 
So as he taught him, he revealed to him truths that he was given so much out of the, of the mind of God that he actually had to have a humiliating thorn in the flesh. Paul was a great man. He was the greatest preacher outside of Jesus. Nobody preached like he did. Nobody was given such a, a humiliating thorn in the flesh as did God give to Paul. He, he was a revelator. He, he gave New Testament truth that nobody had ever heard before. And by the time he wrote down the scripture and gave it to the churches and the scribes copied those, we have what we have now is the epistles of Paul. And they're not Paul's epistles, they're, they're scripture. They're not, they're not. We don't have the Bible that Jesus said and then the words that Paul said that are on a lesser plane. Jesus, Jesus recognizes the words of the Apostle Paul exactly as it came from God. So when Paul spoke, he didn't speak and you don't, you know, some people say, well, that's just Paul's words. No, no, that's the word of God. We, that's how God did it. Same way with the Gospels, is that right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the, all the apostles, they were just exactly the word of God. And yet we have so much truth that came from the apostle Paul and so deep that no other man on the face of the earth ever came and, and delivered to us what Paul did. That's why it's so precious what we have in the Bible. And it says in the Bible, uh, 2 Corinthians, that Paul had to be given a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble because of the amount of revelations that he received from God. Remember, we didn't know anything about the New Testament church uh, compared to what we have with the Apostle Paul. He revealed all that to us. Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. He promised perpetuity. But the Apostle Paul began to teach us what church was all about, operations in the church and all the things, the church's function and the doctrines that we're supposed to pass down to our children. It's amazing. One of the deepest doctrines I find here is that he said he was crucified with Christ. Now, Paul was not crucified on a cross. He did not die that kind of death. What did he mean? Well, tonight we're going to explore that a little bit. He meant uh, that all of his... Uh, nature, his, his old sinful nature, uh, all the law, uh, his, his, everything about him that wasn't saved, everything that was um, un unbelievably wicked and sinful and all of his failures and everything, all of his hatred, everything about him that was ungodly died with Jesus on the cross. I think that's what he meant. Did you know that you and I died there too? Do you realize that? Think about this now. You, you weren't there. Paul wasn't there. We didn't die on a tree. We, we didn't have nails spiked in our hands, and we did not have a thorn, crown of thorns. We weren't pierced in our side, but we were crucified with Jesus Christ. And I believe that that is such a deep, deep thing tonight that we should rejoice in that. And I want to try to explain what that means. Now, uh, we all tonight, if you're a believer... You were crucified with Jesus Christ. That means that the moment you were saved, his blood, Jesus' blood, was applied to your soul. Now, he died for the whole entire world. When he shed his blood, there wasn't any human being ever created 
or ever would be created, ever will be created today. There's no human soul in the world that Jesus' blood did not spill and be shed for that person, even though they weren't born yet. Do you realize that Jesus' blood was shed for you back on Calvary? How many of our sins were, were paid for um, before we were born? All of them. Way back, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus died on the cross, He died on the cross, but you died with Him. So when, when you accepted Christ, all of your sins were there. Now, people that don't receive Christ as their Savior, He did die for them, but they are not paid for. Their sins are not atoned for. The atonement was made, the blood was shed, but it's, it's for nothing because they didn't receive it. You understand, you have to receive the, the gift of eternal life. You have to actually receive Jesus Christ. Nobody's going to go to heaven and say, well, I don't know who Jesus is, but I'm glad he died for me. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. So whoever goes to heaven actually has to be born again. So we're born by birth. But you know, uh, it's a spiritual birth because we've already had our physical birth, haven't we? So you, uh, they, the old saying goes, born once, die twice. Second death. Born twice, that second birth, die once. See? No second death for you and me. The blood of Jesus on Calvary is where I died. Now this is, this is pretty, uh, pretty deep. I want you to try to follow along with me. The fact that Jesus died is the, the fact that we died with him. That's what the miracle power of his blood. Look at Colossians chapter number 3. So the blood of Jesus was applied to our souls. And now we can say, I died with Jesus. Now that's not, that's not just a uh, paraphrasing. Je uh, Paul, the apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. This isn't just the apostle Paul. How, how many understand Jesus didn't just die for the apostle Paul? Are you with me? He didn't just die for that. He's not the only one that can say that. I am crucified with Christ. You are crucified with Jesus Christ. You died back there on Calvary. That's where your old man died. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Colossians chapter 3 now. Let's go to verse number 1 through 7 and watch it close. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on the things above and uh, not on things of earth. You know, we've been risen with Christ, right? We, we were never in the tomb. We were never in the earth for three days and three nights. But Jesus said, you're risen with Christ. Why? Because we've been, we've been raised to walk in the newness of life. Um, we've, we've died with Jesus. We're also risen with him. He's, he's, he's our life. When Jesus rose up, rose up from the tomb, do you know that's, when, that's, that's where you can prove that you have new life now? Without Jesus resurrecting from the dead, we, we don't really have any proof that we're saved because Jesus rose from the dead, we rose with him. That's what the Bible says. This is very deep. But I thought it'd be interesting tonight to go through this. Look at verse 3. For ye are what? You are dead. All right, what does that mean? 
that has to mean the old tab shaver died with Jesus on the cross. That's all it can mean. It's just the old me, the old man. The Bible says put off that old man. Don't live in the old life. Don't live in the old nature. Uh, live in the new man. Put on the new man. Uh, so you are still the same person, but there's an old you and a new you. Look at it says, ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Somewhere, Jesus put us on the cross with him. Somehow he, he did that. In his own body, on a tree, our sins were on him. Everything I've ever done or will do that's displeasing to God, whether it's a big sin, little sin, stretched out sin, I don't care what you call it, sin, little bitty sin, big deep, uh, just any kind of sin whatsoever, any transgression, any forgetfulness, anything you can see, anything you can think of that's wrong with Tab Shaver or yourself, it died there with Jesus. He took our sins and put them in his body, in his physical flesh, and died. That's the only payment for your sins that God will recognize. For ye are, what? Dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members, uh, which are upon the earth for fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And my goodness, there's a Christian life that you can live through Christ. And there's, there's an old life that died with him. He took everything that was wrong with us and he, he took it upon himself and died. And we are dead with him. Now, our sins somehow were transferred to his body. Now think about this for a minute. I wasn't even alive. You and I were not even alive. There's enough sin in this room. There's enough sin. And all the sin in this room that you've ever committed or will commit was already paid for back on Calvary. That's amazing, isn't it? How did that happen? I do not know the depth of it, but I know this Jesus said, or uh, the, uh, the Apostle Peter said, uh, in 1 Peter, let's go there, 1 Peter chapter number 2. When you realize what God did for us, how could we ever, ever live without Him? He's, he's amazing. He had all of our sins uh, prepaid on Calvary. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, it was the pinnacle of time. Did you know that? That was the pinnacle of time. All the, all the time passed went up to the apex and the, the, the pinnacle of time. That's Jesus on the cross. And everything after that is all in the future. And it's still the pinnacle of time is not in the future. The pinnacle of time is on the cross of Jesus Christ. All time present goes back to Jesus. All time in the past comes up to the Lord. People looked forward to the coming Savior. Now we look back to the, the Savior that did come. I look back on Calvary and say, there's, there's my Savior. That's what he did. Way, way back there, that's where he died. And all the people from Adam, they were looking forward. And by the way, Adam got the gospel. Did you know that? Some people don't realize he got the gospel. He didn't get it like we did, but he got it. In fact, Justin preached a message, the first time Justin ever preached. And I've got that message in my file, if you want it. I saved it. <laughs> I think he was like four years old. But... 
No, no, no. I think you were like uh, 14 or something. I, I got it if you want it. Anyway, he, he said something that I never really heard before. And he was talking about how, how did, uh, how did Cain, uh, or how did, uh, yeah, how did Cain get the gospel? And, and you, what happened was that when Adam and Eve were given the skins to cover their, their naked bodies, it costs uh, an animal his whole entire life. There had to be, you don't skin an animal and let him go, do you? Right, so he had to die, blood had to be shed to cover the sin. See that? That, that thought, that sacrificial lamb, I, I think it was, um, I'm not sure if it was goat skins or sheep skins, I don't remember, but God covered their sin, covered their nakedness. Mankind was re referred to his, his um, man-made religion was just leaves. And by the way, you know what happens every fall. You got to go get new leaves. No, so it's no good. It's no good. But guess what happens when you have a coat of skins? It's good for the rest of your life. So they got the gospel. They looked forward to the Savior on, on Calvary. They didn't know how it was going to happen. But all the Old Testament sacrifices led to the, the culmination of Jesus on the cross. So then we look back to the cross. So Jesus died for me, he died for you, with all of your sin on him. It's amazing. First uh, Peter chapter number 2, verse 24. It, this says, who, who his own self bear our sins in his own body. That's his own physical body. People don't know just what he suffered that day, do they? He died for Hitler that day. He died for every criminal that's in prison today. He died for every single child molester, every single murderer. I guess they executed a woman not too long ago, uh, just recently. Uh, I don't remember what state it was, but you take the worst criminal in the whole world and multiply that by millions and millions, and then add to that all the sin of good people, Jesus took in his own body your sins and mine. I died there on Calvary with him. That's, that's where my sins were paid for. It says, in his own body on a tree, that we being what? Dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Uh, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, every Christian should understand that all of your sins were paid back there. And it is very scriptural, very scriptural for you and I to say, I died with Jesus back there on Calvary. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no, it's no uh, mistake. How are we crucified with him? How did Paul... Well, all the sin, the all types of sin, all the depths, as I said, in his body. Satan was defeated on the cross. The Satan's best day turned out to be his worst. Uh, worse. He said, oh, yes, we've got him. We're going to murder him. Uh, I've influenced Judas to betray him. I've influenced the high priest. They turned him in. I've got the emperor in my hands. And Satan, I've got, I've got all the Roman soldiers in my hand. I've whipped up the crowd and they cried out, crucify him. I've got all the priests on my side. 
and uh, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. We're going to get rid of him. We're going to get rid of him. Uh, we're going we're to be rid of this man. We will not have this man to rule over us. We're going to get him out of society. We're going to kick him out, and we're going we're gonna to kill him. If, and boy, when that, when that day Jesus was dying on the cross, Satan thought, this is great. This is it. I've, I've, I've just I've been waiting for this day. And then he turned out that that was his worst day. That was the worst thing ever happened to Satan because that's when he was defeated. Your sins were defeated on the cross of Calvary. Satan was defeated on Calvary. Satan was defeated when Jesus rose from the grave too. The old sinful nature that we all have was defeated and death occurred to my old man on the cross. I am crucified with Christ. Look at Romans chapter 8. Uh, Brother Carl's going to be there pretty soon. He's, he's going to get there. Just let me uh, touch on this. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse number 10. Teaches us that Jesus Christ is in us now. If you're a believer, you are in Him. You're in Christ Jesus now. And if you're a believer, He is in you. Jesus doesn't enter you and leave you and enter you and leave you. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Jesus doesn't take up residence in your body and then throw you out and then, get, and then, and then come back in and, get, and come back in and out and in and out and in and out. That's not, you know, we're, we're not saved and lost and saved and lost and saved and lost and saved and lost. We're, we're eternally saved. We are eternal creatures and we, our life is in Christ Jesus. Look at this now. Verse number 10. If Christ and if Christ be in you. Now that's he's speaking rhetorically. It is true. Every believer has Christ Jesus in you. The body is dead because of sin. How many agree to that? <laughs> Anybody have a headache? <laughs> Anybody have some kind of disease that you hope doesn't catch up to you? Huh? How many are running from COVID right now? <laughs> hey, listen, our body's dead. That, we can't take our human body to heaven like it is right now. Do you know why? We are corrupt. Paul said, that is in my body, there dwelleth no good thing. There's nothing good about our flesh. It has to be resurrected. It has to be transformed, the Bible says. We cannot go to heaven right now like this. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians and in 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to be translated. We're going to be renewed. We're going to be resurrected, glorified. We will be all, the Bible says, changed. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, I think one of my daughters was asking me, do you, do you think we're going to know each other when we get to heaven? Of course we will. But they won't be calling me dad. And I won't be bossing them around or nothing. I won't. <laughs> There's not, I'm not going to be a, a dad in heaven. I can't, I'm not going to have a whole, a whole big old family. I'm going to be known, though. You know, when they had the Mount of Transfiguration, remember who was up there talking with Jesus? Elijah, and who else? Moses. How did they know who they were? You got any thoughts on that? How did, how did they know who was up there? But they knew them, didn't they? And then the Bible says we're going to know him as he is. He shall see us and we will know.
It doth not yet appear what we shall be, the Bible says in 1 John. But when we see him, we're going to know him and he's going to know us. Uh, it's just there's going to be a transformation there. It's amazing how this works out. Now, we're dead. The Bible says in verse number 10, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, what's the next word? Dwell. dwell. See that? The Holy Spirit dwells in us. Jesus is in us. We are in him. And the old nature, the old man is dead. Everything, it's on the cross. It's crucified with Christ through the blood, through the, the transform, transforming salvation that he gave us, that gift of eternal life. Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you live through the spirit, do, um, but, but if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we are born by the blood of Jesus, born by the word of God, born in the spirit of God. By the spirit, we have the spirit of God. We're living spiritual people. We are alive because Jesus is alive. Our life is hid in him. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. The life that we now live in the flesh. Let's go back real quick to Colossians because we're running out of time. Everybody see that uh, it, 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 it's just a miracle. Uh, uh, or Galatians, excuse me, Galatians, Galatians 2.20. It's a miracle that the life that we now live in the flesh. That's what I want to concentrate on for the next couple seconds here. We live in the flesh. We, we walk in the spirit. We live in Christ Jesus, but he's speaking of our bodies. That's the flesh. We live in the flesh. He says in uh, chapter 2, verse 20, that uh, the life which I now live, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, the life which I now live in the flesh, that means your body that, that you have right now. You get up, you see the sun, you smell the uh, fresh air, you look at the sunshine, you, you get up, you see the trees, you walk, you, you, you do whatever. You eat food, you breathe the air, you say good morning to your loved ones, and you have your being. So we are actually in the hand of God. We are living in the flesh by the Spirit of God. He says, but the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by the faith of the Son of God. Do you know who keeps us alive? Starts with a J. Jesus keeps you alive. Jesus is the one who gets you going. Jesus is the one that keeps you breathing. Jesus is the one that's got a plan for your life. He, he knows that we are walking in human bodies. We have our being. We live by faith. It's amazing. Look at 1 Corinthians 6 and we'll be finished you see, so then he, you can see why Paul was so right when he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, 
Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Who's keeping you alive? Jesus Christ. Who gave you life? Jesus Christ. Who's the author and finisher of all of your faith? Jesus Christ. Who deserves every bit of glory and obedience and honor and praise and credit and devotion and love? Who, who is it that really keeps you going? It's, it's not the government. It's not, it's not health food, although that's good. It's not, it's not uh, fresh water. It's not what you eat. It, what, you, what really keeps you living is Jesus Christ. That's Bible. Look at this now real quickly. It is, it is just, to me, it's spectacular now. Verse, uh, verse number 19 and 20. And we'll finish. Now, watch closely. Paul says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are what? Bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we belong to God. We were paid for by God. He paid the ultimate price. He saved you. He took your sins and died on Calvary. Is there anything I'm forgetting? <laughs> we walk with him. We talk with him. He, he, for him we have to do. He's exceeding, he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Everything I want in the future is all controlled by him. Everything that I, that I had in the past. Oh, I look back and I said, boy, it's been a wonderful Christian life. Can't wait to see the rest of it. I'm about halfway through. Halfway through. I've been saved now for 45 years. Plan to be saved for about 90 I got, I, I'm, I'm planning on going over the, the century mark. Right? I told you it was better down there, man. It was just great. Did you hear what he said? That's Bible. I'm not just saved until 45 years from now. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Uh, nobody can do this, what we're doing here. This is the only church that we can do this together. Isn't that a great thought, though? Not what he said, what I said. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, that was good. That was awesome. But it's true, isn't it? I, we're living for Jesus. We're living through him, in him. Don't let this go. Don't let this go. What, yeah, I, look, I look at that world out there, and I say, man, they, they need to get saved. They need Jesus so bad. And I don't know why it's such a barrier between common sense and stupidity, but common sense says, what aren't you saved yet? What are you waiting for? How, how can you possibly not be saved right now with all that's going on? How in the world, what, what are you waiting for? But I can't witness like that. I, I don't knock on somebody's door. What are you waiting for? As I... Yeah, 911, hold it right there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how God uses us, but we need help. Oh, and I've been out before, and my wife will say, 
No, be nice. Because sometimes I get wound up. And I, you know, we, we know so much of the Bible, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to let people be so ignorant sometimes. It's hard to let them go. I, I mean, really, sometimes it's time to just be quiet and let them go and not talk. How many have been tempted to keep going on and on and on and on? <laughs> I heard the definition on, uh, what was it? Um, oh, we were watching um, Jeopardy last night. And some dumb, dumb, dummy had a new definition for sermon. And it was one of the definitions was a, um, an unending speech. And I thought, that's not the definition of a sermon. Yeah, it, they do end. They don't, they, they don't go on and on. We're, we're going to end uh, right now. And we're, and, and we're early tonight. How many understand Jesus Christ is everything? He's the reason you're alive. And he keeps you that way. And unto him who loved us and washed us in, our, in his blood. Let's pray together. We're crucified with the Lord. Somehow I died with Jesus back there. Somehow, some miraculous way, you died on Calvary with Jesus. Just like Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Hallelujah.